you damn right. Hope everybody is having a great Wednesday. If you are an English major or a literary freak, beware today. It is the Ides of March. It's also tournament week. How's your bracket doing? Are you building up a good one? Do you have the perfect bracket ready to go, ready to win? We got a TV you can win. Go to hornfm.com to get in on our bracket contest. Got to get it done by 11 o'clock tomorrow. It's Chad and Zay on this Wednesday. We got a lot coming up. We'll try to tell you who the heck Tucker Richardson is, why Keegan Records is a name you need to know. We got a national guest coming on at 1230 to talk hoops. Zay's going to be breaking down Colgate here in a couple minutes. I'm Chad Hastings, and he is the one and only Isaiah Collier. He's ready for a tournament. What's up, Zay? One more day, baby. One more day. Mm -hmm. And the horns will be wasting this toothpaste. (laughs) Hopefully. Because we know it's the tournament. Anything can happen. It can. 15s can beat twos. 14s can beat threes. Heck, Virginia fans will tell you, even a 16 could beat a one. Yeah, man. One time. You just never know. Never know. Got to have uh, got to have everything dialed in. You got to get those four-minute segments figured out. When do you call timeouts? When do you foul? And what do you do if Colgate just starts hitting three after three after three after three? Do you go with the Jim Beheim plan, which is, I don't know. Stay in zone. That's, they're, they're, they're bound to miss. <laughs> Right? How many have they hit in a row? Like six. I know, but they probably won't hit seven. All right, well, so far the math says they might. Yeah, what would you tell us on the Scott Report, Coach? They're the best three-point shooting team in the league? Okay, cool. (laughs) Two-three zone. Sure. It'll work. Yeah, now if— I'm in the Hall of Fame. It's been working for 47 years. It'll work tonight. I'm just going to say, if Rodney Terry and the Texas coaching staff go with the Bayheim plan and Colgate does exactly what they did in the Carrier Dome— I don't think Rodney Terry gets the Texas No. Job. Just going to say it. I'm on that limb right now. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's Coach Terry's job to lose yeah. if he goes 2-3-0. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I don't think that's what they're going to do. We're going to get into the possible plan for Texas and Colgate. Remember, 625 tomorrow on that tip time. Our extended pregame right here on the horn at 5.30 and the fellas are going to be out there at the Round Rock location of Twin Peaks. Get your excuses together. Make them good. Figure out a way to make it, you know, a work event. It's a work thing. You have a work meeting. Just make it at Twin Peaks Round Rock. Come out, watch the games with our crew. I'm going to be headed out there as maybe the only person that is rooting for Texas and Texas A&M to play in that second round. I'm going to get out there to check out the Texas game, and I'm going to be checking out the Aggie game as well. I'll be the guy in the Lone Star Showdown t-shirt ready to roll because I can't wait for these two teams to play again. It's my favorite thing on the planet. So I'll try to contain my excitement, but if you want to come out and watch with us, Round Rock, Twin Peaks, tomorrow. Yeah, just keeping the buck with you, Chad, and the rest of you people, I want Penn State to blow y'all out by 40. I'm sure you do. Yeah, most Longhorn fans, I'm assuming, want that. (laughs) No Longhorn fan wants the Aggies to beat Penn State. Uh, What you want is a blowout of Colgate. Nice, easy, comfortable. Yeah, very comfortable. Wear them out, and then you want to see Penn State dominate the Aggies the same way. Yeah, that's what you want. I want to stick it to the the committee for hosing us. Yeah. They hosed y'all, but whatever. But hosing us. Yeah, you ended up right. It's both ways – 
And I, I yeah, that's the way I would feel if I was a Texas fan because A and M had played has been playing better than a seven seed, so that would suck for Texas if they get the matchup. And then you know, for A and M, the idea that they'd have to deal with a two seed that fast is crazy. Pretty it's nuts. nuts. And the fact that they have to be in a seven ten matchup right away. Versus if you're a 6, you get an 11. If you're a 5, you get a 12. We all know how the math works. But for them to have to deal with a 10, a 10 that just played for the conference championship and pushed Purdue right to Had the edge. on the ropes. That's the team. The, that's the reward A&M gets for the way they're playing. So we'll get to all of that for tomorrow. A um, lot of basketball out there. Uh, before we get there, though, I think there are a couple of NFL notes we need to hit, Zay. There's some Cowboy news to report. I was upset yesterday when the Cowboys were not involved in the Darren Waller discussion, but the Cowboys are doing one thing Mike McCarthy talked about. If he says, I want to run the ball and I want to lean on my defense, these signings they're getting on the defensive side are speaking to that. Donovan Wilson will be back. We told you that. Now we find out that that Leighton Vander Esch will be back. Two years, $11 million. Perfect deal. He's back. Perfect deal. Yep. And then this one is interesting, Zay. I want you to tell me how excited should I be as a Cowboys fan. Stephon Gilmore is going to be a Cowboy. They get him from Indy. You'll remember him, obviously, from New England most of all. Cowboys give up a fifth rounder. You may have heard they just got some compensatory picks or sandwich picks, whatever they call those things. They gave him one of those, a fifth rounder. They get Stephon Gilmore back. Stephon is 32 years old, Zay. Should I be excited? Yeah, you should be excited. Because I'm kind of pumped about it. Yeah, because y'all are looking at two, three-year window with this high-level defense. Dan Quinn, hopefully Dak Prescott could get back to playing some good football, and we know what happened with Ezekiel Elliott. It seems like they're about to let him go, which is the right move. It's been a good seven years for Zeke. but That could happen today, by the way. Yeah, it could yeah. happen today, and everybody knows Ezekiel Elliott is washed like orgy sheets. It's just that's what, what? it is. What? What? How long have you been holding on to that one? Did you wake up today with a smile on your face and an Ezekiel Elliott orgy joke? Is that what you decided to do? You tried to yo let it flow. Oh my god! I thought you just let it flow. I mean, you know, he's washed. You just tried to slip that in there like a gift card on a date. He's washed. What you want me to say? He's done. Did you just put a fifty dollar gift card down for our date? Yeah, I'm trying to save a little money. Leave it alone. But hey, Zeke, great job. Love what you did these last seven years. You got way too much money. So he did get a lot of money. Yeah. So yeah. you're good with that. I have no remorse towards that for, with you. I bet I hope he, the, do, the dogs are eating great. I they got he, trained. Yeah. I bet he smiles when he sees Jerry Jones' signature. Just, I mean, just bright smile. That's what I'm saying. All I would that too. Money. But back to Stefan Gilmore, I think this is a huge pickup. I, I mean, five time Pro Bowler. He's definitely lost a step. He's not that New England Patriots defensive player of the year guy, but he, this is a borderline Hall of Famer. And I think even if he lost a step, 
it, he overcomes that with just him being in the locker room and him being that veteran presence. Because a lot of guys, people don't think about Stefan Gilmore because he's not that rah-rah, you know, I'm in your face type of corner. He's not like a Jalen Ramsey that every time he bats down the ball, gets an interception, he's going to talk about it. He goes really quiet about his business. He did that in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He obviously, obviously did that in New England with Belichick and them. Like, he fit in perfectly, and they got rid of him when they knew that he lost a step and just the money that he was worth, they weren't willing to pay that. But one of my favorite clips I saw this past year is when the Colts came to Dallas and played them, and they got beat. And then after the game, Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons were fighting over a jersey swap with Stephon Gilmore. So these guys look up to him, and he mm. wasn't even on the team yet. Like, they were arguing, like, no, I'm getting the jersey. No, I'm getting the jersey. Like That's so, the day he picked off Dak in the game, right? I think so. Didn't he have an interception in that game? I think so. Yeah. So, you know, him coming to the squad along with, you know, Jaron Curse and then Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. You know, you just re-signed Wilson yesterday. Like they're, mm-hmm. like you said, they're getting to that point. This defense is better as yeah. on paper than they were last year. And if they could bring that same mentality that they brought in last year, and Stephon Dil- uh, Stephon Gilmore, you know, he's been hurt sometimes. If he could stay healthy, great pickup. Somebody texted us, uh, it's going to make him throw towards Trayvon, and in some situations that is the case, and Diggs is going to have to show that he won't be burned as much because there are times when he has been burned over the last couple years. So he's going to hopefully get better if you're a Cowboys fan. Uh, Somebody says the Gilmore signing was brilliant, sincerely, 2015. See, that's the thing. (laughs) That's why I asked you because he's 32. 32 years old in the NFL, I don't care if you are – and look, when you're one of these quarterbacks now and you're a stud, I guess 32 doesn't sound the same as it used to, but that would be a little bit of the concern. He is on the backside of the career. I still think there's enough left there. I do. I think there there, there's enough Stephon Gilmore left there. Um, also, someone – wow, is this a real thing? Somebody is sending us pictures. Is there somebody threatening to jump at Ben White and – Ben White in 360? Oh, no. Oh, my God. Says Ben White underneath is closed, where 71 becomes 360 in front of Target. Highway closed. Ben White underneath is closed. Maybe you should report it for traffic reasons. Wow. I will. I'll let everybody know right now. Thank you very much to the texter. 71, 71. Ben White and 360. Uh, please be careful in that area. That's uh, crazy. Hopefully that uh, that ends Hopefully that ends well um, Yeah, ends the way it needs to. Um, so there's uh, some good text rolling in. If you want to let us know what you think of that, Cowboys fans, Specs text line 337-3776. Official business begins in the NFL today. Still no official Aaron Rodgers news, but the Jets have agreed to a deal with Alan Lazard. $40 million, baby. It's just a coincidence. It's not like that tells you anything. I mean, it's four years, 44. By the way. Yo- Alan Lazard, great job for him. Yeah, what a grip. $44 million deal. The story of him ingratiating himself with Aaron Rodgers is one we probably don't tell enough, but that's a guy that Aaron Rodgers went to the Packers and said, hey, play him. Why not him? What about that guy? Yeah. Alan Lazard played at Iowa State, busted his ass there, and was just consistent, and he's been consistent enough that Aaron Rodgers gave him, put his name on a list to the Jets. Sometimes it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. And for Alan Lazard, 
he banking in on knowing some Aaron Rodgers and hey, with the taxes up in New York, I get it. Get everything you, you can. Yeah. You gotta have it. Get everything you can because Uncle Sam, he gonna come knocking. No doubt. And now it just seems like it has to happen. Like if he doesn't go over there, yeah. Aaron Rodgers now, then the Jets gonna be like, what the hell? And now where do you, where do you go? I just love that just to test him out, he put Mercedes Lewis on the list. Good grief. I love that. Mercedes is 38 years old, by the way. Why didn't he just write Chamora? Like, why didn't he just go there? Why didn't he just go? Is the is there's one of their tight ends from the Super Bowl with Favre other than Chamora? Is it <laughs> like is he still available? Like you know, throw anybody on that list. Donald Driver? Did you try Driver? Maybe Sterling Sharp? Damn, is he still available? Sterling Sharp? Is Sterling still available? <laughs> oh man, my God, Reggie Freeman. Little Reggie Freeman, yeah, there you go. Uh, get it done. Uh, get it. Get it taken care of. All right. So we'll keep our eyes on those stories. We're also talking a lot of tournament. Uh, your bracket. Hopefully, we'll get you some help coming up here at twelve thirty. Uh, we'll talk to the coach again, Scott Spinelli, former BC interim coach. Spent a little time at A uh, and M as an assistant. Been all over the place, and he does a podcast now. Hosted the breakdown on the Believe Network. We talked to him last week. Now we've got the bracket in front of us, so we'll get his thoughts on that. But right now, we wanted to get you a little preview of Colgate. You got to keep everybody in mind here. Obviously, you got to respect every team you play in the tournament. I know it's a two fifteen, but Zay, we know anything can happen. And again, if you let this Colgate team do what Jim Beheim let them do. And they shoot well. They may, you know, they may be able. To, they can run just about anybody out of the building. We should mention you were talking about their small gym and the fact that they they have a small gym. They're mainly going to play in there, but the Carrier Dome's a big place. Yeah, and they went in there and lit it up. I watched a condensed version of that game today. They got every bounce, every shot. They shoot. They were shooting practically from half court hitting all the Larry Bird, Michael Jordan stuff from that McDonald's commercial. It was crazy. They shot 40, they shot better from three than they did from two against Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, they shot the lights out. And thank you on the Specs text line for correcting me. Antonio Freeman, not Reggie Freeman. Reggie Freeman, the basketball player. Yeah, anyway, that's right. Was, You're in a basketball mood. I was in a basketball mood. Okay. I'm locked in. Antonio, Antonio Freeman. Antonio Freeman, thank you. That's right, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Colgate, they're an interesting team because you see the 50% shooting from the field. You see the... 40% shooting from the three-point line, and they have 10 guys that are in double figures. But we talked about it earlier, Chad. Patriot League, they win 17 games. The next best team only wins 11. Right. So they were— Not just five guys in double figures, right? Five guys. Okay, not 10. I said 10. You said 10 guys in double figures. I'm out of here. Five guys <laughs> in double figures. Excuse me. If we had—now, that'd be a story. Yeah, they'd beat, <laughs> they'd beat Texas by 20 if they had 10 guys in double figures. But, yeah, five guys, double figures— yeah. And it all starts with Tucker Richardson, their do-everything guy. He's averaging two steals. He was defensive player of the year in Patriot League. He was the MVP in the Patriot League. He has multiple records. And he's 6'5", but, again, I don't think he could jump over the yellow pages. Not many of the <laughs> – they probably they probably have the least oh amount of God. dunks in the nation or in the tournament because they're not an athletic squad. They have a big man that could do a little bit, but he's not athletic either. And Keegan Records, you know, the lumberjack, he's solid, but... He is a hairy man. Very hairy. Yeah, yeah. He's able to work due to how good they are at shooting the three. So basically they have four guards. They start Richardson, Braden Smith, the freshman, 
Ryan Moffitt, who could shoot, 6'7", senior, and then Oliver Lynch-Daniels, who could really shoot it. Moffitt and Lynch-Daniels, they could light it up. They're yeah. going to be on the perimeter a majority of the time, while Smith and Richardson do a lot of the penetration, creating for the rest of the team. So, again, they've just never seen athletes and a type of ball club that the Horns are going to throw at them. And that's going to overwhelm them. They might hit a couple of shots early, but if you're Coach Terry and this coaching staff, if you're smart, you'll allow Keegan Richardson to catch the ball in the post and to go to work. He dominated the Patriot League, just dominated it. And him being 6'10", being a really good mid-major big man, and plus all those shooters, like I say, on the outside, he had one-on-one matchups the whole time. And when somebody would double, that would leave the shooters outside to hit the shots and go 50% like Oliver Lynch Daniels, like shooting 50% from three. I don't care if you're mid-major power six European elementary league, you're lighting it up. You're lighting it up. Mm -hmm. So yes, they have that small ass gym. Like we talked about, uh, like you just mentioned that we talked about yesterday, which helps, you know, they played at their gym in the Patriot league tournament conference tournament. So that's three games on your home court, so you have the home court advantage there. So now coming into a big setting in Des Moines, it's it's going to be a bit of a, you know, shocker once they walk in and all the flashing lights and all the attention that you get in the uh, in the tournament. And what Texas has going on their side, a lot of people are picking this as an upset for the two 15 matchup because mm-hmm. people know that 215 has to go down. A lot of people are saying this is the one because they see the stats. They see that all oh, 40% shooting, they can flat out shoot it. But the only good teams they played this year were Auburn, who they lost to by 30, and then Syracuse, who they beat by 12. And Syracuse played that whack ass in a 2 3 zone. Yeah. Texas ain't going to play zone at all. So you're going to run those guys off the line and make them create. Oliver Lynch Daniels, you're going to have to show me something. You're going to have to go in your bag, bro, and show me if you got some type of ball handling ability because we're going to let you create for anybody. Ryan Moffitt, same with you. Mm-hmm. We're going to let you do all of that. They're going to put everything in Tucker Richardson's hands because he's their guy and they need him to play well to win. And he had a triple-double in their conference championship game, so he's a do-it-all guy, but just they, they can't hang with Texas. If Texas plays the way they should, they can't hang. And if you're going to start Timmy Allen, you need to go to Timmy Allen early to get his confidence up, mm. you know, yeah. because I don't know who he's going to have on him. You know, they're going to try to hide Lynch Daniels. They're, they're going to try to hide him because he's only 6'2". Mm. Like, V guards Tyrese Hunter, that's lunch meat. If he guards Marcus Carr, oh, man, that's lunch meat with hot sauce. (laughs) And if he guards Serge Jabari Rice, we'll take all of that and then some. So they're going to have to hide them some way. And usually when teams hide a a player, they'll put them on a Dylan Mitchell. And Dylan Mitchell, this is the type of game where you try to dunk on somebody because they can't can't even be in the same ballpark as you when it comes to athleticism. 
And Dylan DeSue, the great moves that he's been doing, those push shots, those floaters. Go back to that two-man game that we saw against Kansas in late second half with Marcus Carr and him. That's good stuff. Yeah, I was just about to ask you, is this the kind of game, based on Colgate and their athleticism, is this a game where maybe the Texas bigs on the move like we saw in the last game could be big? Right. Get them in those situations to let them show off their athleticism. Right. You want that two-man game because you want records out on the perimeter. He hasn't had to deal with pick-and-roll action with this type of talent. So if you bring his ass out and make him dance a little bit, he don't want to do that. He wants to protect the rim. He's a good shot blocker for that league. And there should be a lot of available rebounds if you pull that off. Absolutely. You get him out there. If you do happen to miss, there should be rebounds to get. Yeah, because Moffitt, he's basically their four-man, but he's 6'7". Yeah. And again, they they ain't athletic. Yeah. At all. I, I'm being nice. You are. I'm, I'm really being, very being nice. nice. We appreciate the niceness. Got to respect the opponent. They are the Colgate Raiders, by the way, if you don't know. They're in the Patriot League with teams like Holy Cross, Lehigh, Bucknell, that group. That's the conference they play in. They've won 20 of their last 21 games. The only loss in the run was a one-point loss at American. They are 17-1 and one in the conference, as we pointed out, but second place is 11-7. and seven. So it tells you where that conference yeah. is in terms of what Colgate is. By the way, weird stat in that Auburn game. They went to Auburn. Like you said, they got whipped 93-66, but they shot 44% from the floor and from beyond the arc. Yeah, They didn't shoot the ball bad. They just let Auburn go off a little bit, kind of speaking to what you're talking about, what Texas may be able to do. Auburn shot 55% from the floor in that game. Auburn's not that good. They have nothing but athletes. Yeah. So they just used their athleticism to overwhelm them, got out and ran, got got steals, easy buckets, and yeah, that's just... That that's what should happen. If it doesn't, we should be concerned for sure. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye on. Uh, I'll keep an eye on that as we get ready for Texas and Colgate coming up. More bracket thoughts. Scott Spinelli, host of the Breakdown on the Believe Network, former BC interim coach. He'll give us his thoughts on the bracket, including the path in front of Texas. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Chad and Zay. Us going to get the day started with Chad and Zay with you on a Wednesday. Led Zeppelin for the people. Uh, This is Dire Maker. That's right. Right? Weird titles for Zeppelin. Love them. All right. Zeppelin gets us started. Lots of uh, bracket talk coming up. In fact, uh, we're going to hopefully get you a little... Get you a little more national perspective here and maybe get you an idea or two on what to do with your bracket. Uh, we will Obviously, we got Texas and Colgate tomorrow. 6.25 is that tip time. Extended pregame at 5.30 right here on the horn. A couple of quick NFL notes. Uh, Aaron Rodgers apparently has gone on the McAfee show and said he intends to play for the Jets. So that is in the works. It's not official yet, but that is his intention. Also, I'm just seeing this hit. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to sign Baker Mayfield. Let's go. Apparently that's where it's headed. One-year deal. All right, so uh, all that's going on. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe at Cantina Hotline and get some basketball talk in here. He is Scott Spinelli, host of The Breakdown on the Believe Network, former BC interim coach. We had a great time talking with him last week, and he's nice enough to give us some time again. Coach, how are you? 
Excellent, guys. Always a pleasure to be on the show with you. Man, it is uh, it is a fun time of year, obviously, and now we have that full bracket in front of us. Let me start with the Longhorn part of it. You know a lot of fans are excited around here for that two-seed in the Midwest. What would you think of Texas's placement and their path uh, towards you know headed towards Houston? Well, I, I, obviously it's not an easy path, right? I mean, Colgate... Uh, is a battle-tested NCAA team, so that's not going to be an easy game, uh, especially with the way Colgate plays that matchup zone. Uh, the fact that Colgate has a lot of skilled guys, guys who have come up through the program, um, again, they're, they're NCAA te- uh, battle-tested. They've had really competitive games over the last few years uh, in the tournament. The, uh, they did lose, you know, the kid Cummings, who actually plays for Pitt now. He left Colgate and is a fifth-year kid there now. But, again, that, that game will not be as easy for them as I think people um, might think. However, you know, as you guys know, Texas and, and the job that Coach Terry and his staff are doing right now, uh, you know, you just can't help but tip your hat. They're playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, and then that second round, look, guys, I was at a and I'm mean, you know, I hate to say it with on the Austin show, but, you know, I'm an Aggie. <laughs> And I got to tell you, uh, I think that game sets up perfectly for a Texas, Texas A&M, old school, Big 8, Big 12, you know, horns down showdown. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't call it a horns down showdown. We don't want people. We don't want people breaking the door down here, Coach. Come on now. <laughs> no, that that will be a heck of a game against you know two really good teams, Texas A&M. Uh, yeah. As you guys know, they got you know really. I think they got a kind of a raw deal in their seed, um, you know. But again, you know that that sets up to me to, to be the second round matchup if both teams take care of business in the first round and both teams have a challenge. Yeah, Coach. Last week you told us the team to watch for that people aren't really talking about is this Drake team, and they got the 12 seed. And we all know that 12-5 matchup. We know that five could be very vulnerable. And Miami, they got the matchup with uh, Drake. Now Drake coming in 16 and two last 18 games. They're really cooking, and they could shoot the ball well. Do you like them over Miami? You know, last week, guys, I got to be honest, and, you know, listen, man, I, this is all new to me doing a lot of these uh, breakdowns in the media over the last two years, and I hate to say this, but I love Drake. I, I just cannot believe that that's who they have to play first round. Uh, look, these ACC teams, in particular Miami and Duke, are two teams that I think could make a run at the whole thing. Mm. I love Duke. I absolutely love Duke and their side. I think Duke gets all the way to the Final Four. In my mind, and if you're asking me about Miami Drake, that's the one team right now that I was, I'm looking at saying how good Drake is, how experienced they are. But, boy, I tell you what, they've got a really tough matchup in that. I can't believe Miami's a five-seed finishing first in the ACC. That's not going to be any that, – that's one team that I really now have to kind of not retract it, but to tell you – I'm not as high on Drake beating Miami, guys. I'm really not. Mm-hmm. Okay, likes yeah. Miami in that matchup. Talking with Scott Spinelli, the brackets are out. By the way, if you want to follow him on Twitter, at Coach underscore Spinelli. Um, Coach, in term, you mentioned the A&M seeding issue. Obviously, that has been discussed around these parts where Texas and Texas A&M may face each other in the second round, even though maybe that's not how the seeding should have gone. What about the Kansas seeding? Did you agree with Houston getting that overall number two, one, the, the second overall one? seed and then Kansas being sent ultimately out west did you agree with that 
You know, I'll I tell you what. I don't know about you guys, but I've never seen an NCAA tournament with so many storylines be uh, involving the one seeds. I mean, you think about it. First and foremost, you hope that Coach Self is okay and he's healthy. So right off the bat, you know, there's a little bit, uh, obviously, of a concern there with their head coach and obviously a, a Hall of Famer at, at that. So you're worried about them. And then you have Houston, and we said this last time on the show, if they're healthy, if they're healthy, they're as good as anybody. I think they're more complete than any team in the tournament. And yet here's Sasser now, you know, with this groin injury going down. Is he healthy? And then you go into the Alabama thing, and they've got all kinds of distractions. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with them when they hit adversity in this tournament with some of these distractions they're facing with the tragedy there. And then obviously Purdue, who's had so much success in the regular season, can that you know style of play with those young guards handle uh, the you know the pressure even in that second round if they play Memphis, which for Atlantic I think could beat them anyways. But again, I think there's a lot of storylines. But yeah, to your point, I, I don't know if I could answer that question and say do I agree or not agree. I just think there's so many storylines on these one seeds that anything could happen in this tournament. Yeah, that's true. Coach, let me ask you this from a coaching standpoint because the preparation in the tournament, it's a little bit different than during the regular season from playing, let's say, tomorrow on Thursday and winning that game and turning around playing on Saturday. What what do coaches have to go through in preparing from scouting to, you know, how much do you give the guys rest on that day off? Like, how do you go about it as a coach in preparing just to make it through the tournament? Well, like we've talked about, your principles really have to take over now, right? So all of the teaching and the breakdown that you've done from last, you know, from the, the summer and the individual workouts into the preseason and the fall and obviously into the, to the regular season, you know, your principles, your foundation, your fundamentals, your identity, those things now have to take precedence. Look, on a day off between games, I've been there, done that. You know, the one thing you're trying to do is, is figure out if you're going to make some tweaks and some changes, uh, again, you know, everything's about matchups in these games. You know, who matches up with who. Film work, walkthrough would probably be the best case scenario if you do win that first round game. Maybe you go to the, to the arena, get some free throws up, get a light workout in, but a lot of it's going to be film work and walkthrough and preparation, um, you know, for the, for the second round uh, opponent. Survive in advance. Get that short, the short prep between the two games. Uh, getting ready for uh, hopefully a trip to the Sweet 16 for these teams. Uh, Coach, you mentioned uh, your thoughts on Miami. Do you kind of like that matchup with Drake? You mentioned Duke, a five seed in the East, and you said you you like them going all the way to the Final Four. Uh, is there any uh, uh, anything else you want to throw out there for the people that are trying to figure out their brackets? Any other surprises you've got? Any other chalk you like? Uh, what, what else you got on your bracket? Well, there's some great games. I mean, there's some great matchups here. Um, I, I think, first of all, uh, I'm going to uh, call the, everyone's attention to the Arizona-Princeton game. That is not going to be an easy game for Arizona. And the reason I say that is because, you know, as good as Arizona is offensively, and they are really good, Princeton is going to play a style, again, a matchup problem for Arizona if Princeton is holding that ball and cutting and moving offensively and making Arizona guard them and they stop making shots late into the clock, that's the formula 
to deflate a superior team. Look, one of the things that happens in college basketball, guys, is this. With that increased, or excuse me, decreased shot clock, where it's 35 seconds, years ago, you know, anybody could beat anybody, but you'd hope that with those, you know, the increased possessions in a 35-second game, you want to recruit talented kids because usually talent, you know, will in, in increased possession-type games, you know, usually translates into winning. Well, in this game, as much as Arizona's got more talent, Princeton is going to be able to hold the ball or at least you know, make this game limited possessions to a certain degree. If they're making shots and they're scoring, that could be a huge problem for Arizona in this game. I, I think you've got to watch that game. Virginia Furman, two contrasting styles. Virginia, tremendous defensively. They're going to send multiple guys back on every shot, so they're going to take away Furman's transition. Furman averages 82 points a game. They've got a tremendous guard at Pegues. Uh, Slauson's a really good wing. Uh, again, you know, what's going to give in that game? Virginia's great defense with their identity, or is Furman going to make the three-point shot and be able to create some offense and get out in transition? Um, that's going to be interesting. I, I, I do like Virginia, but that's going to be a great game. And my sleeper pick, besides Duke, uh, I think you've got to watch Creighton uh, in this tournament. They've got six guys that have shot, uh, excuse me, made tw- uh, 20 or more threes on their roster. They can play multiple ways with versatility, with skill. And when you have that kind of firepower with that many players who can shoot the ball, that really proposes a problem for the opposition. Keep an eye on Creighton, too. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I like Creighton. I like Creighton a lot. Coach, I know you definitely miss the competitive nature of the game, but I know you don't miss the stress of it. Let me ask you this. What's your favorite moment being on the sideline during the NCAA tournament throughout your career? Well, I, I just think when you're on the sideline as a coach and you know, you're experiencing and taking it all in, um, you don't really – I don't think you appreciate it in the moment but it's after those games that you look back, right? I mean, the years we had the best four-year win total uh, in Texas A&M history. We went to the tournament every year. We advanced three out of the four years into the second round. And, um, you know, you look back at some of the memories uh, in the venues and playing in the, you know, in uh, the Staples Center, I think it was, uh, Toyota Center, whatever it was in L.A., when we lost a hot break at UCLA there with Kevin Love and Wood. Uh, you know, all the, uh, you know, really good players that they had. I mean, it was, those are the memories that you have, and, and you miss those. But, again, you know, there's nothing like the NCAA tournament uh, with the kids, the, uh, the students, the faculty, the administration, uh, you know, their fa- the kids' families. Everybody's rallying around their, their team. Uh, what a great feeling, great event. I think it's one of the best, if not the best, sporting event uh, in all of sports. Coach, before we let you go, for the record, if Texas plays Texas A&M on Saturday for a trip to the Sweet 16, who are you picking to win it? Well, I think you've got to look at it from two different ways. You look at, uh, you know, Texas is, you know, their offensive firepower that they have. They've got experienced guards. They've got a lot of confidence right now. Um, the one thing I would caution you on there in terms of Texas being superior uh, to, to A&M in terms of talent maybe, is Texas has problems with physical, hard-nosed, tough, rebounding teams. And I think Texas A&M is that team. I think they're physical. They're tough. I mean, Buzz has always had his teams play to that identity, and he's got them cooking right now. 
they also got motivation now, just like these ACC teams. A lot of teams in this tournament feel slighted in their in their you know their their um, seating, and Texas A and M is certainly one of them. I look for that game to be a real tough game for Texas. I'm not sure that's a too close to call type game. Uh, again, I, for me personally, I have to put my heart with the Aggies, but uh, I tell you what, I am rooting for Coach Rodney Terry in Texas also. Uh, just for what they've had to go through. But that's going to be a heck of a game, guys, and I think it's going to be a very good chance it happens. Yep, it's going to be a wild game if we get there. Aggies got to handle Penn State, and the Longhorns, of course, have to handle Colgate to make the matchup happen. That is Scott Spinelli. Check out the Believe Network. He's host of The Breakdown there, former BC interim coach, of course, and he's at Coach underscore Spinelli on Twitter. Coach, we appreciate your time again. Enjoy the start of the tournament, and uh, we hope uh, we hope your bracket looks good come Monday. Yep, thanks for having me, guys. Okay, take care. Have a great day. Thank you, thanks, man. Thanks, Coach. You too. Coach Scott Spinelli, there he is. Once a coach, always a coach. And you can hear the excitement in uh, in his voice there. Man, he's really leaning in on the uh, leaning in on that Aggie history there. Yeah, I don't like it. I was this close to hanging up on Coach, but I kept it professional, y'all. I kept it professional. See, I could tell you that I set up that interview without <laughs> knowing his history, but you're never going to believe me now. There's I don't. No way. I really don't. No way you'll believe it now. Good, no, Coach is great. Good grief. That was good, though. It was some good stuff. How about some of those teams he mentioned? Five seed Duke, he says, goes to the Final Four. He's taken Miami to beat Drake. Not sure how much further he'd have him go, but he says he really likes that team. And Creighton? A six seed. He says, watch out for Creighton Yo. in the South. I don't know if he's got him going to the Final Four, but he thinks they'll make some noise in the South. That's a tough matchup because I think NC State has some dudes, but Creighton has one of the best starting lineups in the nation. Like, we saw him when they came down here. Colt Brenner, he's solid. Shireman could shoot at the lefty. Nimhard's good. Just their bench. Kuminga, their bench is trash. Mm. There's nobody on that bench. You got to get him to go deep. They ha- Yeah. Get him into deep water. Like, if yeah. it was McDermott's decision, he'd play all five of those guys 40 minutes each. I remember you talking about that when they went yeah. into the game. Yeah. yeah, that's been their problem all year. Yeah. Just they get in those droughts where they look exhausted because – They don't have any depth. All right. Thanks to Coach for his time. Coming up at 105, Justin Wells of Inside Texas, 205. Chip Brown of Horns247.com, our normal guest, talking some Longhorn stuff, their perspective on the game coming up with Colgate, and we'll get some Longhorn football thoughts as spring practice continues. Up next, though, in the crap bag, Chris Beard took the job in Oxford. I listened to a little bit of that speech. There's a couple funny moments I think Longhorn fans may enjoy. Plus, a team that the math says you do not want to – Go and put them in the Sweet 16, and it's a Big 12 team. I'll tell you who they are on the horn. Chad and Zay. Sometimes life can make you crazy. It can really put your body to the test. You try so hard to make sure It's got a heavy 80s feel to it. Going to the 80s here? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Probably. Should I know this? Absolutely. Uh Individual? Yes. Huh. It's not Whitney. Yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah. That's Whitney? Yeah. Wow, it's not a song I'm familiar with. What's the song called? Love Will Save the Day. Okay. 
My bad, Wit. Sorry. Okay. Whitney Houston watched that documentary again recently. I can't not watch it. Every time it's on now, I have to watch it. I have to. Uh, Whitney Houston and Led Zeppelin getting us started. That is a music festival that we needed back in the day. Um, So lots of stuff going on on this Wednesday. News just flying around from the NFL. Aaron Rodgers telling the Pat McAfee show he intends to play with the Jets and in true Aaron Rodgers super smug fashion decided to rip Adam Schefter in the process. Did he really? Don't know why, but he said, hey, you ask Adam Schefter what I texted him when he somehow got my number. And then he said he didn't respond to Rossini either, and he said, I texted him, lose my number, nice try. I'll speak for myself and all that stuff. It's like, dude, what? Okay. Very Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you're literally saying this on a podcast. Like, big time podcast. You're saying this on McAfee's show, and McAfee has a relationship with ESPN. That's where Schefter works. Like, why do you... Just, you know, this typical Aaron Rodgers. Anyway, he says he intends to play for the Jets. And then, just to kind of wrap up the... You know, Brady Rogers thing, because I think of those two guys similarly right now, you know, all time greats into the career, but the end of the career is still badass because they're they're incredible. So Brady obviously done. Baker Mayfield has been signed by Tampa. That's the biggest story. One year deal from Brady to Baker. Theoretically. Well, I say theoretically. There's nobody else there. There's no way. Well, there should be no way Kyle Trask beats out Baker Mayfield for that job. That's Baker's job. Yeah, it's Baker's. One-year deal, so they're going to try it out, see how it works. Does the Baker, you know, moxie, does the Baker in the locker room thing, does that work in Tampa after you just had Tom Brady there for a couple years? Mm, Bad move, Tampa. Bad move. You better sign him long-term because he's going to get some serious money next year when the Buccaneers win the NFC South. And push the Cowboys to the limit. Wow, look at you. Look at that prediction. Already. You ready? You ready Gino to lay- year. Ready Gino to- year for Baker. Ready to lay that out? Oh, I'm, it's laid out. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a lot. There's a lot going on in the NFL. It never ceases Yo, laid to out like your outfit before the first day of school. <laughs> never ceases to be entertaining. The NFL hey, always produces. What shirt you wearing right now? What, what's that shirt I see? This is the Mike Evans shirt. Oh, today. yeah. Mike Evans trying to go for a thou- another year. Hmm. It looks like it's already in the bag. I'm not trying to dog Baker or anybody else, but what is it like? If you went from Jameis Winston throwing you passes in practice to Tom Brady throwing you passes in practice to anyone else throwing you passes in practice, what's that going to be like for Bucks receivers? That's got to be a weird moment. Because you know, ev- I mean, everything from Tom Brady, it's just got to be right on. Now, I know some people say last year things weren't always perfect, and you're right, they weren't. But still, that first time you run the out route that Brady's been throwing you for two years and anyone else tries to hit it, I bet it's different. I bet it feels very different. Well, we'll see. Baker we'll see. Baker Mayfield, uh, at, at times, at times, he's shown you. He's shown you the talent could be there. Could he keep Tampa Bay relevant in that division? Weird division, by the way. One of the weirdest in football. It's bad. It is so up for grabs every year. It always feels like that. Even when Brady was in Tampa, it felt like it was up for grabs. So now it's Derek Carr. It's whatever the Panthers are going to do with the young kid plus something um, to, to stop gap it. And then you've got Atlanta, who just got your guy Heineke. Oh, man. Who's probably going to take the job from Ritter, Ritter. Yeah, he has week five. Pretty quickly. We'll just go ahead and say, you know what, out of respect for your guy, I'm going to say, 
Ritter is going to have to take that job from Heineke. Oh, how, yeah. how about that? Yeah, the twenty go. mil yeah. for a backup. Exactly. There yeah. All right, let me get you a quick crap bag because I listened to the Chris Beard introductory presser in Oxford and it had some funny moments. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Uh, one of these is just childish. The other one's mildly funny to me. So uh, brought to you by AV Consultations. 255-8678, avconsultations.com. So Chris Beard gives his speech uh, in Oxford in the, the basketball arena. And he said, you know, in a year, he wants everybody to come back for the selection show, and they're going to find out where they're going to be in the tournament and all that. And that'd be, obviously, that's a great first goal for him and everything. Well, the thing that, first thing that amused me, Zay, was that he definitely had to look at his card that was in front of him when he said the name of the stadium, of the arena. Oh, Chris. He, he, he just, you could see him look down, and I thought, just like I got stuff written and you got stuff written yeah. every day where we're making sure we pronounce names right and stuff. He had to look down and was like, oh, I'm so excited. We're going to pack the. And then he looks down, the PSD, whatever <laughs> it is. It so oh, my God. It was so good. And then he had a little slip of the tongue, a little weird, not Freudian slip, just a weird slip of the tongue that I thought you would enjoy. He was talking about different coaches at Ole Miss. Oh, I'm glad to talk to this this person and shout out to this person. Now, I'd have started with the baseball coach because they just won a national championship. That'd be just me. Yeah. He started with Lane Kiffin because Lane and Lane will help out with recruiting and stuff like that. So he's going through the coaches and he got to the women's basketball coach. My apologies. I don't know the name of the coach, but they're in the tournament. Apparently he was trying to wish him well and be a good, you know, partner and everything. <laughs> He was trying to say that the coach of the women's basketball team was doing things the right way, but he went Elmer Fudd and he said they were doing things the white way. (laughs) At Ole Miss! (laughs) I just, oh my God, it was great. It was just a great little moment Christopher. from Chris Beard, and he kept going and he was fine, but that was uh, that. that. I'd like to say he's better than that, but I can't. Yeah, and? I can't say it. And he did deflect every question. They did ask questions about the the situation in December and what happened and all that. And over and over again, he said that he and Randy have agreed to not talk about that night and not talk about their conversations since. But he has said that, you know, the there were no charges filed ultimately and the statement from Randy, he's really leaning on that and so is Ole Miss. Ole Miss is going with, we don't believe the initial report is what happened. We believe that this statement is what happened and they're moving forward. No one asked the TMZ question of, are you still with this woman? But again, she has not been seen in Oxford. So oh, it's only been him and his daughters in the pictures. The thought among some of the insiders, including a, uh, one we had on the show, Chip Brown of Horns247.com, told us everything he has heard is that that relationship has ceased to be. Yeah, she can't be there. Yeah. And so For him to get this job, she can't be around. Now, the other quick thing here in the crap bag, Zay, is the team you should not send to the Sweet 16 based on this BPI rankings that they've been talking about on SportsCenter and other places. Kansas State has a 37% chance to make the Sweet 16. And a, and the group of teams that are three seeds that have had a less than 40% chance, according to BPI, like seven out of the last eight have lost, have not gotten there. So if you're filling out your bracket and you want a little bit of an insider, you want a nerdy little math thing, this these numbers would tell you don't put K-State through two games. You can do one, but don't have them go to the Sweet 16. 
Yeah, we talked about that earlier this year when we were talking about them and net rankings and Kim Palm mm-hmm. and how they were further down the list and why that was odd. And just watching them play, yeah, Keontae, or Keontae Johnson's really good. First team all Big 12. Marquise Noel, also first team all Big 12 at five foot eight. Just amazing what he's been able to do. But I like Tomlin after that for Jerome Tang. They're a weird team yep. that. They, they they just do some very undisciplined things. Like when they played against TCU, they had almost 20-something turnovers. And I think they put the ball in Marquise Noel's hands a little bit too much, which he likes mm. it. He's averaged 10 assists in a lot of games this year. But at, for somebody that's five foot seven, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's yeah. a lot. And looking at that Kentucky-Providence game, I can see whoever wins that one upset in Kansas State. So I, I get that you got stat. That, got that stat? Yeah, yeah. I All get right. it. That makes sense. Just something to keep in mind. All right, coming up, Justin Wells of Inside Texas. Does he have the Longhorns going to Houston and the Final Four? We're going to find out on the Horn.